Um, it's like you hear people talk about in the, in the religious world, like, well, the best you can do is fail. Remember that? Now we used to hear somebody say it all the time. The best you can do is fail. Um, you hear stuff like, well, nobody's perfect. You can't ever be perfect. You're always going to sin. Um, you almost feel guilty if you tell someone that you're trying to live holy because in the old, in the old way because you, you were like feeling, making, thinking, well, if I glory in myself. It's almost like glorying in yourself instead of glorying in the Lord if you make an accomplishment. So you're thinking you shouldn't do anything. And Donna, you and I were involved in the fellowship a lot like that. Where If you did anything, you were like, uh, don't tell anybody. Like You just got to believe it's going to happen, you know, instead of, instead, of really, instead of really putting forth any effort. But look what the Lord says in verse 29. He says, if, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If, thou, if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. So what is it saying? What if you don't seek the Lord with all your heart and soul? You're probably not going to find him. You might think you find him. But it's going to take everything you've got to really want the Lord with all your heart and soul. So man will put forth all the efforts to do all those things, but then he's told... If you put forth any effort to walk with the Lord with all your heart, you're wrong. So it's like so backwards, you know, because all this time spent, all this encouragement to their children to, to do good in school, to excel in sports, all this. But how many times you hear, you got, listen, you can walk in holiness. You can live without sin. You can, you can overcome and live an abundant life in Christ. There's nothing in the way. You know, you don't hear that. You hear that, you, you just hear that you're going to fail. That you, that you know, hey, it's okay. You know, you have an advocate for all you just keep repenting and going back and you can do all these things. But to be told that, hey, you can do this in Christ. Wow, what does the Bible say? Look at uh, 2 Peter. There we go. The book of 2 Peter. Chapter 1. Tune in with me, uh, Wes. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1. He says this, verse 10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Give all diligence, he says. What is diligence? Diligence means give all, all you care, everything to make your yeah. calling like you sure. You know, go go for it with all that you have. What? All your enthusiasm. Huh? All your enthusiasm. Everything. To make your calling like you sure. Does it sound like you do nothing? <laughs> it doesn't sound like you do nothing, right? No. It sounds like you're giving everything to, to walk this out in yeah. the Lord. To really believe God and to walk in his goodness, in his way. Look at um, the book of Philippians. I'll tell you what, before you do that, we're close to it. Go, go to Hebrews. Mm. Chapter 11. Verse 
in verse 6. Somebody want to read that for me? It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How hard are they seeking him? <laughs> diligently, right? Seeking him with everything that they have. It says of seeking with all your heart. Matter of fact, remember that scripture, uh, Don, you talked about it the other day in 2 Chronicles chapter 7? Go, go, to, go there, Don, um, and all of us. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Famous scripture um, that a lot of people talk about, but look what it says here in verse uh, 14. Chapter, second, chapter 7 of Second Chronicles, let me know when you're there. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek the Lord, his face, and turn from their sin, basically from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal, heal their land. So if he'll humble himself, Break before God. You know, he said, a humble and contrite spirit, I will in no wise cast out in Psalms 51. They humble themselves, they seek his face, they pray, then God moves to seek him with all your heart. Matter of fact, there was a script, there's a scripture in the book of Luke, chapter 11. Luke 11. He said, which of you, having a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, basically, leave me alone, trouble me not. The door is shut, and my children are with me in bed. I could not rise. And give it to you. So somebody comes to him. It's late at night. He's asleep. His children are in bed. He's got somebody knocking at the door. Hey man, open up, man. I need. I got somebody came to visit me, and I need some bread. The man don't want to get up and give it to him. Terry. So what's he doing? Keeps knocking. Keeps knocking. He says, "I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because." He is his friend. He's not getting up and getting it because he's his friend. He said, yet, but because of his basically persistent importunity, in other words, he won't stop, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So what, what is God saying here? He said, man, seek him with all your heart. Go and get it and, 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 and go for it with everything you've got. Go, go for what the Lord has. Then right after that, he says, for everyone, he says to ask, which means some versions will say, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. 
And when the Lord said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. You see. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Listen with Paul, how Paul says it in chapter 9. Chapter 9, um, Paul, Paul in, in chapter 9 is saying, you know, to the Jew I become like a Jew, to the Gentiles I became like a Gentile, so that I can win everybody to the Lord. He says, I go where they're at, and I try to bring them forward and win them to the Lord. And, he, and, and in verse 21, he says, to them that are without the law, as without the law, he says, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. I want you to understand something what Paul is saying here. First of all, it's kind of a little bit off subject on this particular matter, but he's saying that I am under the law of Christ. Okay? What does it mean to be under the law of Christ? Can somebody tell me that? Huh? Abiding, abiding in Christ. Let's get further in that definition. Can you tell me what abiding is then? Can you break that down a little further for me? Huh? Living by that rule, that law, those commandments. Okay. Well, okay. If I'm under the law of Christ, what was Christ's law? What was the law of Christ? Let me define. Let me get a little bit further. Let's define it. What was the law of Christ? Somebody <coughs> tell me in Scripture that you may know where maybe Christ said some things. You know? Matthew five. Okay, Matthew five mm -hmm. was the law of Christ. Okay, let me tell you. The know, law of love. Huh? Come on. The law of love, the perfect law of liberty. Yeah, that's right. The law of Christ, the law of love. Okay, what does that entail? The law of love. Claire? Is he talking about the most important commandment to love the Lord? God, follow your heart and your neighbor as yourself? I think we need to go where, where, where Cedric said. Yes, that's right. But. Let's go where Cedric said. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. But hold your place in 1 Corinthians 9 because I'm coming back there. But let's go to Matthew chapter 5, um, what you were saying, Cedric. I think that's good. Um, Matthew chapter 5. A lot of people want to say, hey, I'm not under the law. You know, I don't, I don't have to keep the law. Well, we know that's not true because, you know, you don't go around murdering people. The law that he's talking about being freed from in Galatians is talking about the law the Mosaic law, the, the old law of, of, of circumcision, of cleaning of pots, of holy days, of those things. But we're under the law of moral law. But I want to show you this because this is important. When you talk to someone, you can show them, hey, you are under the law of Christ. And then you have to say, well, what is the law of Christ? Well, let's, let's define that. And I think it gives a good definition of that, Cedric, like you said in Matthew chapter 5. So let's see what Jesus says what his law is concerning. Uh, let's start... At, um, at verse uh, you, first of all if you start in verse 17 he says Jesus says think not have come to destroy the law or the prophets but I came to fulfill it then he goes on and he says whosoever that therefore shall for he says verily I say till heaven and earth pass away not one jot or one tittle from the law shall, shall be done be removed until all be fulfilled then he says whosoever shall teach uh, shall, shall teach men uh, that they can to break one of these laws, the least of these commandments, and shall teach men and, do, and not do them, he shall be called least in the kingdom of God. Not that he's in the kingdom of God, but he's called least. But he said, whosoever shall do them and teach them shall be called greatest in the kingdom of God. 
And then he goes on and he says, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes further. And like, like Cedric said, and he says, you have heard that it's been said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. Listen to Christ's law now. This, this is the law of Christ. Watch this. But I say unto you, who's saying that? Christ, right? And you under the law. This is his law. That whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever shall say to his brother, fool, Raka, shall be in danger of counsel. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. So what did Christ do with the law there? <laughs> what, what did he do with the law? With the old law. Remember before he said, before he said it was said that you shall... What uh, thou shalt not kill, but he's doing what? He's widening it. He's widening it. Raka, but he got a definition for Raka, like like a fool, huh? Curse. Yeah, curse his brother. Yeah, but but okay, but before he's saying, Ben, he's saying that I told you before, thou shalt not kill. But I'm now I'm telling you. If you are angry with your brother, you know, you're in trouble. So what did he do? You said the lie. What did he do? He broadened the law. He made it bigger. <laughs> he made it more strict, right? And then he goes on. Let's go to the next one. Um, let's, go, let's drop down just, just a few so we look at it. Look at verse 28, 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, that was the old law, right? Don't commit adultery. What happened if you committed adultery in the Old Testament? Stone to death. Stone you, yeah. you would be in bad shape. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust in his heart has, has committed adultery. So what did, he, what did he just do with the law? He expanded it, right? Correct. He made it more strict. Like now, like before, yeah, if you commit adultery, then you're, you're in trouble because you committed adultery. But now, if you look on a woman with lust, you're guilty of it. So you see the law of Christ? People think, well, I'm not under the law. You have to do all this stuff. Then you're under the law of Christ, which is a, which is a broader law. So what are you going to do? What is, what, what's going to happen? He, he, he says, okay, if, if your hand offended, cut it off. Now, he didn't say that to make you say, well, you know, if you, if you feel like it. But what did he say? Cut your hand off, because why? It's better to go to heaven, uh, Larry, with two hands, with one hand, than to go to hell with two, right? There's going to be a lot of one-handed people. Uh, <laughs> one -handed, one -handed, one -handed. He said there's going to be a lot of one-handed one people. Yeah, huh? yeah, because he broadened it. And you, got, and you need to see this. Yeah. Because it's like, it wasn't that you were just excused from the law when Christ came. He expected more, mm -hmm. you see, than what was before. I think it would be good if we go to 1 John 5 also. Okay, Cedric wants to go to 1 John chapter 5. You were talking about this earlier this week. Uh, about the law, how it's not hard to keep his law. Uh, oh, yeah. The, um, this, you're talking about the scripture, 1 John chapter 5. Yeah. Uh, Verse 3, mm -hmm. 
For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. In other words, they're not burdensome. They're not hard. You ever noticed before when you really wanted to do and go your own way and not follow the Lord? Man, when you heard the commandment, it was really hard. But once you totally surrender to the Lord and you yield yourself to him, they're not hard. They're easy. Because you lost your life in Christ. It's not hard to follow the Lord. It's not hard to not commit adultery or not steal or not kill or not do drugs or not do any of that. But it's not even in, in, in your mind anymore because you, you know, are angry at your brother or have unforgiveness or any of that. That's not hard anymore. It's only hard when you're trying to hold on to your own life. But once you lose your life, it, it's not hard anymore. But if, you have, but if you're trying to hold on to your life, then, you, then you're really in trouble. Why? Because he says in verse 40, he says, For whatsoever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Because faith is work. Faith is, is going for you. If you love him, like, you, like, like Wes said, if you love him, you fulfill the law. Right. Let's turn there because you and said that. Then, What's that? That's, that's right. Yeah, Don, Eric here. Hey, Eric. Um, I was just going to say, like uh, Brother Wes was saying earlier, it's the law of love that fulfills this broad law that Cedric was talking about, how it seems almost more challenging now, but once you go through that godly sorrow and uh, regeneration and that reborn feeling, you know, it, it all comes from the purification of the heart, the love of God that you fulfill these things now. Eric, so Eric is the dog it over there. Does, <laughs> it does become easier. Amen. Go to Romans 13. That, that, that goes along with what you're saying, uh, Eric, uh, by the law of liberty. And also it's also spoken of in Galatians 5. But I want to I show how that works, what you just said, uh, by the scriptures. Uh, if you go to Romans chapter 13, and we talked about that before, in verse 8, it says there, when you guys are there, um, it says, I'm going to just start because it's, you know, it's going to read along as we go. But it says, Oh, no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another has what? Fulfilled the law. The law of Christ? Yes. Because if I love, we talked about the other day, Larry, how if I love you, I'm not going to steal from you. I won't, I won't uh, uh, call you a fool or curse you or, or do those things because I love you. You're my brother, you know, and I'm going to do good for you. Uh, then it says, Verse 10. Verse 9, it says, um, for this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it's briefly comprehended as this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of all. Because if, when you love, all those things are what you do. The Bible, we talked about the other day, we talked about in um, Galatians 5, it says, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision but faith which works by love. So if you're, you, you know, you can have two kinds of faith. You can have a faith that just believes. And with that faith, you can feed the poor. You can give your body to be burned. You can uh, feed the poor. You can do all those things. But if you don't have that kind of love, what do you have, Don? Nothing. You have nothing. But if your faith is working through love, then 
you fulfilling Romans 13. It, 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 that's, how it, that's how it works, is, is the love is, what, is the motivating factor. But if you have just a faith, a devil faith, to, move, to do all these miracles and all, then what good is that? You just have a faith. It says the devil, hey, you say, thou believest there's one God, thou do as well. But the devils believe and tremble. But the faith that works by love fulfills the law. Talk up, Don. Yeah. It, it's also the kind of love that ha- that's described in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Yes, that's right. It has to be, it has to be always and, and actually, in, in that Romans 13, he also quotes from there, too. He says, love worketh no ill to his neighbor, which is part of that. Love, love uh, thinks no, no evil of his, of his neighbor. Love is kind. You know, and, and love conquers all. Because that is all the fulfillment of the law. So when you walk in love, in faith, that first working, working through love, you don't have any problem with sin. That's right. Because you, you, it's, it's not, it, it, can't, it doesn't happen. But it's when we don't have that perfect love and we can still got junk in our hearts that needs to be taken care of. Uh, Eric, you had something else you wanted to say? Well, a couple of things I was thinking of earlier, actually, I think we were speaking of uh, time. Uh, it's short. Um, it drew me to um, Ephesians um, 5, chapter 5. And uh, I'll just start a, a couple of verses there, beginning in the second part of verse 14, where it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that, 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 that's just so um, profound that it, this is the will of the Lord, and it all is uh, founded on and based on this love that we now have in Jesus Christ and we fulfill this law because we are warned several times about um, that God does not listen to those that are still in this uh, spiritual, uh, you know, our fleshly walk. Uh, 50, uh, Isaiah 59, 2 mm-hmm. says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. There are several other scriptures about that, that whole uh, concept that God you know, doesn't listen to sinners. So it's very clear in here that we, you know, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Why wouldn't we listen to the, that who created us, you know? Yeah, that's a good scripture in, in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. It, 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 the whole scripture is the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save, neither his ear that it cannot hear, but your sin has separated between you and your God, and your sin has hid his face from you that he will not hear you. Uh, that's a powerful scripture uh, in that really the only, the only thing that the Lord will hear at that point is the prayer of, of, a, of a broken and contrite spirit where he comes and confesses and forsakes his sin, like in, in um, Proverbs 28, 13. Um, so it's, it's a confessing and a, and a forsaking of it. Then it opens up the door to be able to, for the Lord to hear you. But uh, if you're in sin, and, and if we got sin, we know it's coming from our heart. Our heart's not right with God. And 
unless that's, unless you get rid of and come to a full repentance, the Lord just doesn't hear you. Another good scripture like there is is in uh, Psalms uh, uh, 66, 18 that says that uh, if I regard iniquity, if I regard a sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And uh, basically in the same realm. But let's let's go back to um, any, any questions on the law of Christ, being under the law of Christ. Anybody have any questions on that? Any comments on that? Anyone? Then let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 again. And uh, we'll take off from there. And uh, I want to start. Uh, Wes and I talked about this the other day, Wes. Uh, in verse 24, it talks about a person wanting to achieve something like in a race. And he likens our walk to a, to a literal race. Like you take the step and you do it. Draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, he's telling you something. Let's cleanse ourselves from all the fire of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You're doing something, you see. So it's always, it's, it's calling you to, to, to make a move, to make a step, to walk in him. To, that's why John the Baptist told him, he says, you're coming here to get baptized. He said, bring forth fruits of repentance. Let me see that you did something. And then I'll baptize you. You don't just come here and just be, be in that same life. Can you imagine somebody today, if a pastor he says, somebody says, well, you know, I want to have, I want to have an altar come. He says, no, no, no. Bring me some fruits of righteousness to see if you're really ready to, to really receive Christ in the way that you've repented from your sins. And you've turned to God and you've, you've, you've been cleansed. And then you can come on up. You know, but no. People want to say you can get saved in your sin. You're not saved in your sin. Wes, am I right? Are you saved in your sin? Eric? You're saved no, from your sin. I got them both talking at the same time now. Go ahead, one of y'all. Eric, go ahead. Uh, you're saved from your sin. There you go. That's what Matthew 1, uh, 21, something like that. It says he, he came to save us from our sin. That's good. So a lot of people, though, Eric, uh, today will say you come forward like you are. Come just like you are, and he'll clean you up. I, re I remember some people quoting like, well, you, you, uh, you brought him here. You, you know, you, how does he say like, like you do fish? You caught him, now you clean him. You know, uh, remember that saying? You, know, you caught him, you clean him now. Um, of indicating that you come to the Lord just like you are. You've heard that before. But really, you don't, you, you really, you really come to the Lord, you repent and come to the Lord. You don't really come with all your, with all your junk. Because why? Because like we said, Eric, Eric, the Lord can't hear you. Because there hasn't been any brokenness yet. There hasn't been any godly sorrow yet. There hasn't been any repentance yet. But of sitting around and waiting for a magical transfer of your life to change, how many people's lives really change all the way? Oh, they, they, you may go and, and change somewhat because you're in a better class of people. 
You know, you're hanging out with a better class of people. People like to go to church. So they end up doing better. But that's not, but they never really get to the place where they're perfect as far as not committing those sins that are unto death. They always have a, a rage of anger or they're having some unforgiveness. They're having something there without being totally cleansed from the Lord. Bethany, you got anything to say? You've been new. You got anything? Okay. Anybody else has something else there? Wes? I know you always have something, Wes. He's on mute. You're on mute, Wes. <laughs> okay. All Bye. right. Well, that's been a blessing having them tonight and being here tonight. Anybody else have anything on their heart? Don, Don, I mean, you and I and Jill yeah, and I the boys. I recall being very, very confused when I first started going to that church. I knew it was <laughs> a whole lot closer to the truth than what I was standing in, but uh, uh, yeah, I was really confused about what I was to do. They, they had this, the idea of being holy. You know, we were to be holy. We were to death to self and, and, and live unto Christ, but yet they didn't tell you the right way. It was just all just believing. And then you went through so. What, what, um, what Jill is saying, if you all can't hear her, um, she was talking about how uh, the scripture admonishes us many places to resist the devil and he'll flee from you, um, to awake to righteousness, to you know, a lot of different scriptures. But we were before involved, uh, Don and I and, and Jill and the boys. Um, I, and Ben says he, he wasn't there, I guess. Oh, you were there. Was there a mandatory that I went twice a week? Yeah. Okay. And, um, and, and a lot of people think, well, man, we were, we were, we were going the wrong way so many different times, you know, whatever. Well, really, that was all part of coming to the place that you needed to be at. Um, each one of those places, the Lord still, you know, used to wake you up, to wake me up. Uh, but at that particular place, Don, um, they had some truth. And that's the thing. All of them have some truth, but it wasn't all the truth. They, they believed that you could not get to heaven if you had sin in your life. They agreed. They believed that you had to not just, um, that the blood of Jesus wasn't just covering it, and that you were just wearing some robe like the, the religious world, the false church says, but they believed that you actually had to live without sin. Right, but the way to do it uh, was not right, and that was that you were to do it strictly by faith, by um, asking God, and once you asked Him, 
to believe that you received what you asked for and that you were dead in Christ right then, to believe that you died with him and resurrected with him and that sin was over with in your life at that point. Even though it wasn't really manifesting, it was over with. And then if you found yourself with a sin, then you to do that again and again and again, which a lot of people have sin, repent, sin, repent, sin, repent thing, which was not, not right. And they could never really get there like that because, and we could never get there because it wasn't tr- true. So you, when, when, when they said like, say, say Wes, where they said, where you talked about the scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, the fight to, um, where he told Timothy to uh, fight the fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. Well, that's where they took it from. They, they would use that to say, were you in a fight of faith? You fight the fight of faith to believe what God said. Uh, they also took John chapter 6 and he said, what, what should we do? He said, believe on the name of the Son of God. So they would exercise almost a mind over matter thing of trying to believe that you were there without really striving against sin. Is that pretty clear? Pretty much it. And uh, so, so you have these errors in all these different places that doesn't balance out the word. And thank God that uh, he opened up. Matter of fact, I talked to some lately from there, and they said, oh, we just can't, we can't fellowship with you because uh, you, you, you're in your private interpretation, but they couldn't give me any scriptures to, to, go, to back up what they said. So it's, it's like really, really bad. But anyway, here... I'm sorry? Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you good. I was just going to say, you know, Paul in Ha, I Love, Romans 6, you know, he makes it so evident with his question, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Impossible. Impossible. He didn't say that. I'm just saying the question draws you to the nature of the impossibility of dying to sin and still being in it. Uh, that's good, Eric. And, and a matter of fact, Romans 6 was probably one of their favorite books, wasn't it, Don? Sure. Uh, but they, they took it all as a faith believing that you done that, uh, reckoning yourself to be dead to sin. They took that by faith to believe that they were dead to sin and alive to righteousness. Um, but that is probably one of the most powerful, uh, Eric, uh, chapters in the, in, in the book of Romans that teaches you to whom you yield your servants to obey, to him you are slaves to. If we yield our vessels uh, to disobedience, we're slaves to sin. If we live, live our vessels uh, to righteousness, then we slaves to righteousness. We can't help but do righteousness. Because sin shall not have dominion over us. So it's uh, very, very clear, like you said there, that is something that you're actually doing. Uh, if, we are, if we are given to any type of sin, it's like it says in 2 Peter chapter 2, it says that what a man has overcome, the same is he brought in bondage to. He's not free yet. He's not free. And as long as we uh, have any sin that manifests in our life, we're not free from it. Amen. But I wanted to uh, Good job, Eric. close out. And uh, thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you, Wes. Um, I wanted to close out with, uh, with just 
uh, as a consummation of what we talked about tonight. Good, good. That give all diligence to make your call and action sure. How? Seek the Lord with all your heart all the time. You know, I've even heard somebody say, well, I don't seek it more because I found it. You know, uh, but yet we, we, we go to the Lord all the time. We live in the presence of the Lord. I like the scripture in, in uh, Hebrews 13 that says that uh, uh, I will not fear what man shall do to me. The Lord is my helper. He will never leave me nor forsake me. So if anyone says he's a very present help in time of trouble. But when you get up in the morning, talk to the Lord. Get his word. Spend some time in the Lord. During the day when you go to lunch, when you go to the bathroom, anytime, whisper words to the Lord. Talk to him. Speak it to him all the time. Realize that you're continuously in the presence of God. You go to bed at night. Talk to the Lord. Read his word. Seek after him with everything that you are. Serve God with everything that you are. Run that race. Lay aside every weight with all that you are. Lay aside every sin and every weight that is in your way. Holy to the Lord. Then your your life has changed a lot. You know you you um, you're spending time with God. You tell me. You know you spend time in the morning and at night. And you working hard, working diligently and seeking the Lord and uh, the Lord has delivered you. You've, you've made cho- the right choices now and we're all proud of what you've done and how well you're doing in the Lord and uh, not, not compromising and that's a blessing. Don't compromise. Do it God's way. Don't, fellow- don't go out and fellowship with people that are, are not in the Lord. They're not walking in His way. Truly in the Lord other than to share the gospel with them and to help them. Thank you, Lord. Um, this is all. Sons of God Hear his holy word gathered round the table of our Lord. Eat his body and drink his blood and will sing the songs of love. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So oh.
of our Lord ate his body and drank his blood and we'll sing the songs of love hallelujah 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 Oh, what a blessing today to be with everybody enjoying the blessing of God. Why don't we stand now and we'll have some communion. Thank the Lord. Would somebody pass those out, please? Thank you, Lord. You guys are welcome to have a little communion with us. If you have a little piece of bread and, and uh, some grape juice or something or whatever you might want to use, we're going to just enjoy the Lord together here for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, man. blessing to come together to worship the Lord in all of his goodness and mercy toward us. As we recall, the Lord said in remembrance of me before he went to the cross and before he went to the garden in agony, he had the last supper with his disciples and he, told, and he took bread and he lifted it up, he broke it and lifted it up and he said, this is my body which I give for you. He said, I want you to take it and I want you to eat it in remembrance of me. And they took the bread and they ate. After that, he lifted up the cup of wine. And he said, this is my blood. The blood that I shed on that cross that I'm going to go to. This is the blood of the New Covenant, the New Testament, that I shed for each one of you. If you eat my body, and you drink my blood, you receive my word, and you walk in that word. They took that cup, and they drank of it. Let us drink it together. Eric, would you close in prayer, Brother Eric? Absolutely. Thank you, Father, for this, this time. It's just been a glorious time of meeting service. Thank you for uh, Don's, uh, this ministry that he has, and all these brothers and sisters that are, um, that you're so edifying and supportive of me, and, and I am of you as well. And all in Jesus' name, we just celebrate this, this time and this uh, this word that he brings out in us that we can all um, fellowship in. And it's just, I just think, Lord, outstanding. It's just amazing. Uh, it really comes to heart when you see just in the last few years, all these people in the whole world. We Earlier we had Kath, Sister Kath from Australia, and um, Brother uh, Wes is in um, the West Coast, all over the world. 
coming to the same understanding, the same truth and knowledge of your word, so clearly spoken, this ecclesia, this group of us that have been called out from sin and come together in your truth, that we walk this way for its entirety. We support each other so much. We love each other. Yeah. We just do this all in you, God, in your son's name. Amen. Thank you so much, Eric. Eric West, it was great having you guys. Give me a hand, guys, huh? Great to be with you guys. Praise the Lord. We look forward to the next time together. And uh, we're going to go eat some chicken. Sorry y'all not here, but Don brought us some chicken to be able to eat. So uh, we're going to go enjoy that. Thank you guys. God bless you. God bless everyone. And it's been a great time together. Amen? All right. Give somebody a hug. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I like that. You did. It was good. Next time on the meeting that morning, we need to tell everybody. You know, come. Cause that worked. That worked real good, Cedric. Good job. Huh? What'd you think? Good. Did you like it? Yeah, she's got it in there. Yeah. Good. You enjoyed it, guys. Oh, you already got it. Oh, I got it. Actually, 
Because you already got tags. No, no, I mean, I don't have any tags. But I'm getting the Lord coming. Can you remember on the Bible? Yeah. I'm getting the Lord. I can get, get right to it. It's good. Yeah. Good, Larry. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me when I first came here, I'm like, hold it, wait, wait. Yes, yeah, you're growing. You're growing in knowledge. Yeah. Man. Then there was a, uh, a guy I was working with, and I've been trying to get him to come. To come. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, he was saying how he believed in, and he, everything he was saying, I don't know, he, he was getting bits and pieces from people that aren't safe. You know? And he said, well, I believe in an eye from high tooth for two And then he was saying how he's not afraid of God, and you're not supposed to be afraid of God, and so on and so Hey, where do you get that? I used to think that. And, and, uh, most of us have. Most of us have. Most of us have. And, uh, anyway, uh, I'm trying to get him back to him. And, and since then, he's, uh, he, he was asking this question about it. And some of the stuff he was asking, I'm not going to use it. You're not going to take away from it. Let me study But uh, then he, uh, he's been searching me out on on, on, on Facebook, so messengers and that. So it's like I'll uh, we'll find out if he want to really participate. Good. It's on the way. Yeah, I've invited a couple people. They just don't uh, see any interest in coming back. So I've gotten to this point, Larry. I don't cast my pearls, man. Well, I've realized what I have is so precious that it's it's, it's, it's so precious as if it's as if it's saying, "Hey, man, let me give you a million dollars." And somebody's trying to fight me to take the million dollars. I'm not about to. No, I'm not about to fight with you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that point myself. Yeah. You know, quickly. You know? <laughs> and uh, there was a, uh, a guy that lives on our property comes over. And, and uh, he likes to say he's, he's uh, been saved, but he, he uses a, a drunkard, a hormoner, and, and uh, 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 an adulterer. And, anyway. Uh, and we keep telling him, no, you're not. You know? And then he had uh, a small stroke. Uh, two days ago. Wow. And uh, so when he, my brother went and picked him up in the hospital, and then he comes in yesterday. yesterday and says, now that you 